Feels like I'm losing it. I got this brand new life, don't know what to do with it. Oh, I sang all the songs, and every time they prayed, I always played along. Played along. I was searching for your face, feeling empty and not.
Good morning, Capital City Christian. How are we this morning? My name is Joe. Why don't you please stand while we sing?
Good morning. Go ahead and have a seat. Glad that you're here worshiping with us. I am uh, Ben Webb. I'm an associate minister here, and this is... I'm Derek Rowley. I'm the student minister here. That's right. And uh, we want to take this opportunity just to run a few things by you, let you know some things that are happening here around the church, some big things that are taking place. And we're going to start with our nudges that we do. We're going to do them again this year. We'll start with our January nudge. Yes, it is a new month, which means we do have a new nudge for you. Out there in the lobby, you may have noticed we've got little cards that say the words, yes, it's free on them. What we would like for you guys to do with these is we'd love for you to take one, and anytime that you're out and about in society, you're buying something, you're uh, at the store, you're getting some fast food on your way home, whatever it might be, we would love for you to purchase something for somebody else and simply leave behind the yes, it's free card. This is just a simple way of paying it forward to somebody else, simple way of giving back to our community uh, and inviting them to come and spend a Sunday with us. And this is our third year doing nudges and it's our third time to do this specific nudge because you guys respond really well to it. It seems to be one that you like. It's simple enough, easy enough, and it is pretty impactful. There's some great stories that we get back every year from being able to do this. So that's really good. Also, we want to draw your attention to our Right Now Media. Now, if you have ever been to this church or if you've ever known someone who has been to this church, then you're eligible to have access to Right Now Media. It's a streaming service similar to many of the other streaming services you may use, but this one is designed specifically for uh, biblical content. And so there's all sorts of different kinds of studies and resources within that. It's completely free to you. And so if this is something that you'd like to do, this is something we probably don't push often enough. But Right Now Media is just an incredible resource, incredible tool. We use it all the time, and we want you to have access to it. And so if Right Now Media is something that maybe you're interested in or curious about, please send me an email. Uh, it was up on the screen just a minute ago. It's bweb at capitalcitychristian.org, and I will help get you connected into Right Now Media where you can start using that. Perfect. Another opportunity that we have for you is our Wednesday night groups. They are returning this week uh, on January 10th. We have these groups every single week. They're an opportunity for you to get to grow. They're an opportunity for you to find some support. Uh, we have a meal that starts for anybody who wants to come starting at 5.30, and then we've got support groups starting at 6 and growth groups at 6.30. We've got stuff ranging from stuff for little kids all the way to older, older, older adults. Uh, we've got really stuff for everybody, adults. you know? So there's little cards on seats nearby. They've got all sorts of different classes that we've got going on, all sorts of different studies that we've got going on. We would love to see you guys there. Yeah, again, make sure you check that out. There's little uh, pamphlets near you somewhere, and if you don't have one, grab one on your way out at the, at the Welcome Center just so you can see all the different things that we're offering. We've got a couple different things coming up on this uh, Wednesday night for this session. That's going to be really cool, so check those things out. Now, right now, media, our growth groups on Wednesday night, all of it is geared towards a very specific need that we all have and that we want to address. It's, it's this call to maturity, right? And uh, it's one of my least favorite calls. I don't like really being mature. Uh, my wife points it out to me all the time, all right? But uh, when it comes to spiritual maturity and growing up, there, there is an expectation that as we, as we exist in a relationship with Jesus, that over time we actually grow more and more into his likeness, that we are actually maturing. Doc's going to unpack that a lot more for us this morning. That's kind of where we're geared. But again, that right now media, our stuff on Wednesday night, it's all geared towards helping us to mature in our faith. And there's a verse that, that Doc's going to use. He's going to use Ephesians 4.13. Ephesians 4.15 repeats it. It brings it back up. It's so important what, what Paul writes to the Ephesians. He, he says it a second time. And I want you to see this. It says, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. That is Christ. That's our, that's our call. That's our, that's our expectation. That's our target, that we are growing more and more into the likeness of Jesus, that we're trying to become more and more like the one that we're following. And so, again, we're going to unpack that even more as the morning goes. You're going to see that verse many, many times this morning, all right? Before we 
uh, go any further, though. Why don't you go ahead and stand, and we're going to jump back into worship.
seat and watch this. Life is a journey. It is filled with highs and lows, joy and sorrow. Along the way, we will face many obstacles that on our own we cannot overcome. So we need to travel well. We need to follow Christ so we don't stray from the path. His word has to be our compass, always pointing us in the right direction. Because without Him, we are lost. In following His guidance, we have peace. And we experience His beauty and goodness. We find joy in His presence. And in following Him, we will never be led astray. In all your ways, submit to Him. And He will make your path straight. Good morning. Really glad you're here. How many of, uh, how many of you guys are going to pull for Michigan tomorrow sure. instead of Washington? Anybody? You guys need to lean in because you're going to need some Jesus. <laughs> All right? Just saying. And just because this sermon's kind of heavy, I got two dad jokes. You ready? What do you call a nose with no body? Nobody knows. A Roman walks into a cafe, holds up two fingers. Waitress brings him five coffees. All right, go back to school, guys. <laughs> Maybe we need to pray. Father, so grateful that we can be here today in your presence by your invitation. And now we pray, Lord, that the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our hearts will please you. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, we pray. Amen. So, guys, how would you define maturity? Maturity. What's it mean? I looked it up in several dictionaries. Several of them defined it as the state of being mature, <laughs> which is not helpful. Ever heard of circular reasoning? If you dig a little deeper, you can find suggestions like fully developed, completely grown, or perfected. Some dictionary says it means you behave like an adult, someone who's physically, mentally, emotionally well-developed, which is kind of circular too. But even though it's hard to define precisely, we get the big idea. It takes time for things to mature, right? To fully develop, to become what they were meant to be. Maturing is normal, at least it's supposed to be. It's normal for our bodies to grow and change and mature. It's normal for our minds to grow and change and mature. It's normal for our emotions to grow, change, and mature. So when it doesn't happen, someone fails to mature physically, mentally, emotionally, it's a problem. Now, if it's not their fault, I hope we respond with grace, but... If someone refuses to grow up, they cause problems. You like being around a big baby? Now, last week, Ben quoted from a parenting blog for young mothers, which was kind of weird. But I didn't want to be outdone, so I 
found an article from the Center for Parenting Education on some different ways that you want your kids to mature, right? You want your kids to mature physically. You know, can they develop their coordination, their strength, stuff like that. You want them to mature emotionally. You want to make sure they can manage their anger, deal with failure, things like that. You want them to mature socially. Can they function in a group? Will they, are they willing to share? Can they get along well with others? You want them to mature intellectually, which means they can learn. They can process abstract ideas like humor, imagination, love, death. And you want them to mature morally. Can your kids admit when they're wrong? Is there remorse or guilt when they hurt someone? Do they understand honesty and empathy? Now, what struck me is that they left out the most important one. Do you want your kids to mature spiritually? Do you? If you're a parent, would you be content if your kid matured physically, emotionally, socially, intellectually, and morally, but didn't spiritually? Or maybe your kid was actually birthed spiritually, but never grew up spiritually. Would you be okay with that for your child? I mean, we insist our kids go to school. Last week, John up here, he said something that I thought was pretty profound. He said, why is it that we insist that our kids get up for school but not for church? What's wrong with that? As parents, we go to great lengths to give our kids opportunity to develop their minds, their bodies, you know, clubs, sports, dance, internships, causes. If you're a Jesus follower, can your kids tell that their spiritual maturity is even more important than any of those? And here's an even bigger question. How could we ever expect our kids to mature or to value spiritual maturity if they don't see our passion for it. Now, whether we understand the importance of spiritual maturity or not, we're Jesus followers, right? We believe there's a real God. And we believe that the real God is revealed in and through Jesus. And we want God to be God. And God expects us to mature spiritually. He thinks it's good for us. He thinks that that's what makes for the best life possible. Do you? Now, here at Cap City, we're on a mission from God. We have been given that mission by Jesus. I mean, right after he rose from the dead, right before he went back to the Father, Jesus says, you guys, go make disciples of all the nations. I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit. And I want you to, well, that's just the first part. I need to stop there for a second because basically that's part one of our mission, to bring people face-to-face -face with Jesus, to get them to make a commitment to Jesus as Lord and Savior. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He goes on to part two, teach the new disciples to obey all the commands that I've given to you. In other words, don't just baptize them. Teach them to live out God's will. Now, we simplify it with our kind of our logo, go make Christ-driven 24-7 Jesus followers. We think that's what this means. We don't think any of us is done until we become what God made us to be until we do what God made us to do. That's spiritual maturity. See, our mission here at Cap City isn't just to help you start well, it's to help you finish well. Because finishing well matters, doesn't it? 
And the early Jesus followers got it. Here's the Apostle Paul. You've got to remember, the Apostle Paul hated Jesus once, but he says we must, we must become like a mature person. That's strong. It's not an option. We must become like a mature person. We must keep on growing, and he means spiritually, until we become like Christ and have his perfection. How many of you guys have made it to like Christ and having his perfection? I haven't either. Proper answer is no, which means we've all got a ways to go. God built us to grow spiritually. He expects us. He commands us to grow spiritually. In fact, in another one of his letters, Paul says, we warn everyone we meet, we teach everyone we can, all that we know about Jesus, so that if possible, we can bring every man up to his full maturity in Christ. And man there includes women too, guys, right? God wants every single one of us to grow up in Christ. And when we don't, something's broken. Something's gone wrong. Something is tragic. Because when we don't, we miss out on what we were meant to be. We miss out on what we were meant to do. And those we do life with miss out on all that God wanted to do through us for them. Listen, guys, all of us understand that when a body or a mind doesn't mature normally, something's broken, something's even tragic. So why is it that we don't even wince when a spirit doesn't mature normally? We're spiritual creatures, guys, not just physical. God meant for us to grow and change and mature spiritually. And yet there are people who hang out in the womb of the church for way longer than nine months who are never, ever birthed spiritually. Kind of like there are people who are 30 and 40 and 50 years old physically, but still fetuses spiritually. And there are others who, by their choice, simply refuse to be born again. It's not the way God meant it to be. And guys, that's more tragic than a physical miscarriage. And there are a lot of folks hanging around churches who have been born again spiritually, but they just refuse to grow up. They stay spiritual babies. And that's almost as tragic. So many of us act like baptism is the end of the journey instead of the beginning. So there are people who've been Jesus followers, I guess, for 10, 20, 30, 40 years who still have the spiritual maturity of a five-year-old. That is not God's normal. It's not how he meant it to be. So how are you doing spiritually? Now, maybe there are a couple of contributing factors, a couple of reasons that people don't mature spiritually. Maybe, first of all, we don't really know what spiritual maturity looks like. So we don't know what we're shooting for. I mean, do I have to get up, whatever's fun? Do I have to go to church whenever the doors are open, start carrying a Bible everywhere? Is that what being spiritually mature means? Or maybe we think we do know what spiritual maturity looks like, and we'd rather not. I'm telling you guys, being a serious Jesus follower is not always fun. In fact, sometimes it's hard. Putting God first instead of self, loving others as much as you love yourself, it's hard. You really want to do that? 
And three, even if you do see the beauty and the value of spiritual maturity, maybe you're not sure how to get there. Let's say you do want God to be God. You do want to be the man or the woman God made you to be. You want to mature spiritually. How? How do you go about it? Well, here at Cap City, we think there's a path, a spiritual growth path. And we think that every single one of us, every single person out there is somewhere on that path. And we've tried to think through what it takes to keep moving down that path. We think there's stages on that path. You start out just looking. At some point, if you're healthy, you get started in this life with God. If you keep growing, you start digging deeper. And eventually, if you fully mature, you become all in. And that's it. Just looking, getting started, digging deeper and all in. That's our path. I just want to unpack it a little bit. Stage one, just looking. I believe that at some point, every sane person wonders whether there's a God and whether that matters. Maybe you grew up around some Jesus followers and you saw that he was important to people that you cared about. That's a lot of our kids, I hope. Maybe for some reason you started watching a Jesus follower and there was something different about them, something that you liked, and you kind of wanted what they had. Maybe you finally got to the place where you're willing to admit that there has to be more to life than you're getting. You hope. You're willing to admit that your way of doing life isn't working. Or maybe you've come to a place where you understand that you really are broken and there are things about you that you just simply can't fix. And you can't fix you alone. Well, maybe, guys, it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit's job to nudge you towards God, and He's good at His job. You see, God built you to do life with Him. God made you to desire Him. He built you with this God-shaped hole in your heart, and we try to fill that hole with all of these puny little substitutes, but it takes God to fill a God-sized hole. Have you felt the nudges of God? I know you have. But guys, accepting Jesus as Savior and Lord is hard one of the hardest things that you will ever do if you understand what it really means. So we look for reasons not to. We rationalize, justify, and excuse our reticence. Maybe you latch on to some issue with God you just can't get past yet. You've got all these doubts, right? Don't forget that you're never going to get to the place where you figure God out. You know why? Because He's God. And he doesn't fit into these tiny little brains. Or maybe you believe in God, but you're not sure about Jesus. I mean, listen, a guy who claimed to be God, a guy who died, can a God die? And Jesus made this claim to be the only way, the measure of all truth, and the life itself. In fact, he said, no one gets to the Father without going through me. Isn't that kind of arrogant and narrow? Are you sure? So you're still just looking. But what if it's true? Or maybe you're okay with God and you're even okay with Jesus. You just don't like the church much, right? Maybe you've been burnt by a church before. Church people can be dorks. And if being connected to Jesus means being connected to church, I'm not sure. Or maybe you kind of know what you ought to do and you know what you need to do, but you're afraid of what it'll cost. I'm not talking finances. 
I mean, you need to think seriously about the cost of following Jesus. But you also need to think seriously about the cost of not following Jesus, right? Listen, guys, if you're still just looking, don't wait long. Now, if you're just looking, you're welcome here. We want you here. It's a great place to process your questions, your apprehensions, your fears. We not only want you in the room, we want you to do life with us. Jump in and give it a shot. See if you get a taste of something that is better, something good and real. (coughs) Excuse me, we don't always get it right, but we honestly believe that doing anything less than doing life with God, for God, God's way is settling. But you can get stuck at just looking, just like you can get stuck at any one of these stages. In fact, studies tell us that if you keep looking for five years, if you go to church for five years and just keep on looking, you'll probably get stuck there and never make that critical move. See, a whole lot of people like just looking more than they like finding. They like the look. Some people like their questions more than they want answers. Some people aren't really looking for a reason to trust in God. They're looking for an excuse not to. Don't be one of those guys. Let me show you a verse from the Old Testament. It's from the prophet Jeremiah who's speaking for God. God says, through Jeremiah, you're going to seek me. You will seek me and find me when, if, you seek me with all your heart. Which means that some people don't seek God with all their heart. And if you don't seek God with all your heart, you're not going to find him. But if you really want to experience life with God, He will give you enough reason to take that first step. Guys, moving from just looking to getting started is the most important thing you're ever going to do for you or for anybody that you love. Telling you guys, letting anything get in the way of getting started, it's foolishness. So if you're just looking, ask your questions. Just understand that you'll never fully understand God because He's God and you're not. Keep coming to worship. Try out one of our classes, maybe one of our life groups. Jump in alongside us and serve somewhere. Put your toe in the water. But don't wait too long to do the right thing. There's a risk in putting your faith in Jesus. There's also a risk if you don't. Stage one, just looking. Stage two, getting started. Those who are just looking may actually believe there's a God. They may even believe that Jesus is God. But just believing that stuff isn't enough. Getting started is about making a commitment to follow Him wherever He takes you. You go from a belief in God to an allegiance to God through Jesus. We make a decision to do life with God, for God, God's way together. And it fundamentally changes the way that we think, the way that we live, At our core, we're Jesus followers now. It's who we are and it's what we do. Have you done that? Here's what it takes. It's about believing that Jesus really is the Son of God, our Savior and our Lord. It's about repenting, a change of mind, a change of perspective. I'm going to try to do life God's way now. It's about confessing. I don't mean confessing your sins. We do that too. It means that we stand up and openly confess that I'm a Jesus follower now. We stand up here and say something like this. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and I accept Him as my Lord and my Savior. 
Can you say that? And it's about being baptized because he told us to. And it's kind of an act that works out on the outside what God is doing on the inside. We're plunged under the water. The old us is buried. And as we're raised up out of the water, what's raised up is brand new. And it's kind of like in the same way that water is washing us on the outside, God is forgiving us and cleansing us and healing us on the inside. And then we start trying to do life God's way, part of which is connecting with God's church. Bottom line, guys, those who get started tend to get pretty excited. It's a fun thing to start, but it's also a very fragile time spiritually. Still kind of baby spiritually. It's cool. Getting started opens the door to an entirely different kind of life. It opens you to a power that will help you win at life. But a lot of times people start out with pretty screwy expectations. A lot of newbies expect life to get easier now that they're Jesus followers. Jesus doesn't promise that. He promises that life is going to get better, but not easier. In fact, sometimes it gets harder because you're a Jesus follower now. Better, but harder. And sometimes newbies get discouraged because we find out that Jesus followers really can be jerks, all right? I suppose we expect those who push God away to misbehave. But when a Jesus follower hurts you badly, that hurt hurts worse, right? But listen, guys, every Jesus follower is still a sinner. We still mess up. We still hurt each other. And some newbies get discouraged because they find they still struggle with some of the same sins they struggled with before they became Jesus followers. I mean, just being a Jesus follower isn't got working the way they expected it to. We're forgiven our sins, but we still battle them, guys. Or sometimes newbies discover that doing God's life God's way is just too hard. Because it's countercultural, it's counterintuitive sometimes. So for that reason, so many new Jesus followers fall away. And a lot of young Jesus followers simply settle for mediocrity. They never mature. They never go beyond the getting started stage. In fact, studies tell us that 40%, 4 out of 10 of the people in a typical church are at the getting started stage. Many of them are just stuck there. Don't get stuck. See, way too many become old baby Christians. Babies, babies want to be fed. Babies want to be served. We get that. For a baby, it's about what I want, what I like, what I need. And with a physical baby, we get it. And that's cool. But with a spiritual baby, some Jesus followers follow Jesus for years. And they still want to be fed, still want to be served. And here's what happens. It's inevitable. The longer you want to be fed, the longer you want to be served, the grumpier you get. Feed me, serve me. Here's what I want. Here's what I like. Here's what I need. I don't like this kind of sermon. It doesn't feed me. I don't like this kind of music. It doesn't move me. Well, the biggest part of moving from stage two, getting started, to stage three, digging deeper, is learning that it's not about me. 
Stage one, just looking. Stage two, getting started. Stage three, digging deeper. By the way, next week, Ben is going to talk about how you keep moving through these stages. There are these growth catalysts, things like worship, connect, grow, and serve. That's next week. Anyway, if you keep going down a path of spiritual maturity, you're going to get to digging deeper, which is about taking some personal responsibility for your life with God. It's about learning to feed yourself spiritually. It's about going beyond an hour a week on Sunday mornings. You see, in this room, we try to give newbies enough to get started, but you're not going to get enough in this room to mature into a fully developed, Christ-driven, 24-7 Jesus follower. When kids are little, we feed them. As they get older, they learn to feed themselves, spiritually too. It's huge. If you're going to keep growing as a Jesus follower, if you're going to experience what God wants for you, you're going to have to learn to go beyond Sunday mornings. We're going to try to help, but it will be your responsibility to grow up and mature as a Jesus follower. So in addition to making weekly corporate worship a part of the rhythm of your life, which we never stop doing as Jesus followers. In addition to seriously connecting with other Jesus followers, you're going to develop your own life with God outside of church. When you're digging deeper, you're going to start reading your Bible regularly, praying to God on your own regularly. And if you're not sure how, we're going to try to help. In fact, we're working on some helps for that right now. When you're digging deeper, you're going to try to discover how God has gifted you so you can start serving Him using those gifts. When you start digging deeper, even what we do in corporate worship is going to change because worship won't be so much about what we get out of it. It's going to be more about honoring God and those He loves. And when you start digging deeper, people are going to start noticing some changes in you going to change how you treat your spouse, how you treat your kids. It's going to change how you do your job, how you work, how you play, how you think, how you talk, how you treat people. And when you're digging deeper, you're going to start to get tougher spiritually. You're not going to be so easily rattled. Your faith isn't going to be as fragile because it will have been tested now. And you're going to have a growing confidence in the dependability and the goodness and the power of our God even when life is hard. And you're going to learn to trust Him. Because you don't just believe that Jesus is your Savior, you actually accept Him as your Lord. It's not just about faith, it's about allegiance. Have you tasted that yet? Studies tell us that a whole lot of Jesus followers go through their whole life expecting Sunday morning worship to take care of their spiritual needs. And they stall. They settle. And they miss the joy And they actually hold the church back. But if you learn to dig deeper on your own, your trust in God will grow rock solid and your ability to do life with God, for God, God's way will strengthen you and you'll begin to taste joy. But that's not the end of the path. Apostle Paul put it like this. He says, our job is to equip his people for works of service, our job, who's that? I think that's all of us, to equip each other for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Holy cow. 
None of us has made it there yet, I don't think. We all have a long ways to go if you're going to measure us against the fullness of Christ. But that's the goal. And I think we're going to be on that path till the day we die. Now, all in, you're still going to mess up, you're still going to sin, you're still going to underachieve. But you're going to try to sell out to Jesus. You know what it means? It means we surrender. We surrender to God. We let God be God. We give up, we yield, we submit, we relinquish, we renounce, and that's hard for us, isn't it? I don't like surrendering to anybody, including God. But that's what all in means. It's what all in takes. Unconditional surrender to God. And it means we're broken. In other words, we've come to realize that we are absolutely dependent on God. We can't do it on our own. I'm not strong enough, smart enough, good enough. On my own, I will fail. You too. And we don't make excuses for our failures anymore. We don't rationalize our sin anymore. We don't try to shift blame for our evil on anyone else. We're broken and we can't fix ourselves. And that's okay. You know why? Because of grace. We're captivated by grace. We love God. We love Him more than anyone else, more than anything else. We love Him more than we love ourselves because He's worth it. And maybe most importantly, it means that we've learned to trust Him. Complete trust. We trust Him when we understand Him. We trust Him when we don't. We trust Him when we agree with Him. We trust Him when we don't. Because we've come to know that God is wise and powerful and good and His way is always best. You get that? And it means, and this is kind of the heart of it, it means it's not about me anymore. It's not about what I want, what I like, what I need. It's about serving Him and serving those that He loves. In other words, now we start living for something way bigger than ourselves. Don't live for small guys. Live for God. In other words, whatever, wherever, whenever, however, we're in. And that's when a man or woman can get a taste of the peace and the joy and the strength and the zest for life that we've been created for. And someday we'll taste in full. So, let me ask you guys four questions. Number one, do you understand that spiritual maturity may not be our normal, but it is God's normal? It's the path that you were made for. You were made to be born again. You were made to mature into a Christ-driven 24-7 Jesus follower. Number two, do you understand that it's worth it? It's worth it, guys. You're never going to be satisfied with less. You're going to get grumpy. You're going to get bored. You're going to stay frustrated and unfulfilled until you start moving down this path. You've got to live for something bigger than you. Why settle for a petty cause when you can live for God? Number three, do you understand where you are right now on this path? Are you just looking? Are you now just getting started? Are you digging deeper? Or do you think you're all in? Be ruthlessly honest. And number four, do you understand what your next steps are? Do you know what it's going to take to get to the next level of your life with God? 
By the way, as I said, that's part of what Ben's going to unpack next week. He's going to talk about four of the most important catalysts for a growing life with God. By the way, Wednesday, we're going to start our growth classes. They already mentioned that. One of those classes is going to be our Sunday morning follow-up. On Wednesday, I'm going to go a little deeper into some of the roadblocks to spiritual maturity. So if you want to go de- deeper into some of this stuff, Wednesday evening, 6.30, across from the Student Worship Center right after our family meal. Two final words. Number one, this stuff sounds hard. Sounds like work. Sounds like sacrifice. And it is, which is why Jesus said, count the cost. But count the cost if you don't, too. What do you lose if you don't mature spiritually? And number two, it's not just about you guys. If you care about your spouse, your kids, your friends, your neighbors, your colleagues, if you care about where they stand with God, it's not so much about what you say to them, what you make them do. Your most powerful influence will be who you are and what you do. If you want those you love to get right with God, if you want those you love to mature spiritually, show them the way. Because our actions speak way louder than our words. You get that? Guys, if you want to talk about any of this stuff, if you want to, if you're just looking, want to get started, we, we need to talk. You know, during this next time when we're going to be singing this next song during the Lord's Supper service, I'm going to be sitting right over there, I think, somewhere. Come on down and let's chat. Or you can go to the back. There's an elder in that uh, prayer room. They're praying for you right now. Slip back there or right after the service, go to the connections room. Uh, Ben's going to be in the connection room after the service. Talk to him about making Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe about, maybe you've already made Jesus the Lord of your life, but you're just kind of drifting. You don't have a church home yet. Go ahead and come and talk to one of us. Let's get this thing, let's get this thing done. Maybe you just need some prayer. Let us pray with you. Why don't you pray with me right now? Father, we know that we're not just saying words here. We're speaking in your presence. And I pray that what we have said honors you. And help us to understand, Lord, that it's never right to put off doing the right thing. We want to honor you by what we do, by who we become. Give us the wisdom and the courage to be people of God. We love you dearly. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.
Jesus for the blood.
go ahead and have a seat real quick. We, uh, I want to take you back to this verse. It's Ephesians 4.15. It says, We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. That everything we're doing, everything that we should be doing ought to be leading us in that direction, that we're working to become more and more in the likeness of Jesus, that we will become more mature, more like him. And every week when we come to the tables, it's part of that purpose. It's a reminder of who it is that we're following, what it is that he's done for us. It's his blood that has changed absolutely everything like what we just sang. And so in a moment, we're going to go to these worship stations around the room. We've got uh, bread and we've got juice, little opportunities to remember his body and his blood that was given for us. He wasn't in sin. We were. But he did it for us. We don't want to ever forget that. And it's a, uh, it's a part of worship. As we go to these tables and we receive, we also want to give. We want to recognize how much God has given to us. And so we want to respond by giving back. And so there's boxes up for offering. If you're part of the Cap City family, that's a place where we give back our first fruits. That place where we give back uh, the first parts of what it is that God has given to us. And then sometimes we feel so overwhelmed, so, so excited about what God's doing in us, we, we feel compelled to give even more. And so there's a bucket on each of these stations, a place where we can give even more. Everything that goes in our buckets goes straight back into our community for the purpose of helping and caring for people uh, within this church and within this community. And so uh, I want to invite you with a mindset on maturity. Uh, why don't you go ahead and stand and let's go to the stations. take you back to those words. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, 
that is Christ. I want you to read those words out loud with me again. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Let's do it again. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Be a great verse for you to write down, post it somewhere this week, work to, to memorize it maybe, that we would lay this out in front of us, that we would care deeply about growing to become more like him, that we would grow in maturity. It doesn't happen on accident. Take some work, take some focus. I want to reiterate what Doc finished with. There's an invitation for you. If there's a conversation you need to have, we've got the elder in the prayer room. Doc will be up here. I'm up here right now. I'm going to do my best to get back to the connections room. If you get there before me, just hang out. We'll have that conversation. All right. But let's take those first steps of what it looks like to begin this journey. Let's not just get stuck in looking. Let's, let's get started. Thanks for being here today. We're grateful that you worshiped with us. Make sure you come back next week. You guys are dismissed.